0: Welcome to the WIPs Podcast, inspiring and empowering women to take the stage and up their game in the public speaking arena. My name is Chantal Bosset from Shabbos, leaders for your presentation, public speaking, and AV needs. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Whips Podcast. Today, we're with Doreen Hamilton. Welcome, Doreen. And, oh, and you're from California. almost forgot. How are you? I'm fine. It's bright and sunny out here. Thanks, Chantel. Oh, that's great. And bright and early because we do have a time difference finally. <laughs> Good. So my listeners get to know you a little bit better. Would you mind sharing with us what you do as Work or Business?
1: Yes, actually, I'd love to. I'm a psychologist, and I've been doing that for about 35 years. Nice. along the line, I had to face my fear of public speaking. So now I have a specialty, and I have a business called Essential Speaking. And the reason why I call it Essential Speaking is because I think that that's where the fear lies, is that people really aren't connected with who they are essentially. So It's not about, it's not I like, like that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's not about perform, at least for me, from my point of view, it's not about performance techniques or, you know, like a lot of people say, look at a, a spot on the forehead or look at a spot on the wall. It really is, I think, about in, learning how to be yourself, how to be comfortable, you know, which, yeah just essentially who you are and expressing
0: that and I like that because it moves people away I even heard sometimes oh just figure that the audience is naked it won't make you as nervous well you know there's always something much better than that and you make people think about themselves and probably forget why they should be fearful to start with. So that's way better. I like that a lot.
1: Well, that saying that you just mentioned, uh, think of the naked. I have to tell you that the people I work with, when they stand up in front, they're the ones who feel naked. Totally true. And so that was what what I came to understand, that getting to the root cause of where this anxiety comes from rather than layering over it with performance techniques
0: Mm -hmm. gives
1: people greater freedom. And I know that's true for myself in my own journey.
0: And that's probably why it's true for people that do business with you because they can, it resonates with them what you have to tell them. I really like that. It's an, I call it an innovative way to put the fear away. It's different. I, so Mm-hmm. let's just say congratulations for finding that thread that probably resonates with uh, do you, maybe probably many women. Do you have more men, women than men? Both actually. Oh, I, that's nice. I, okay.
1: I have men and women that I work with. And one example from what you were just saying about getting closer to where the real fear lies. I had somebody who, who stands up and thinks he's a fraud you know, that's oh. Oster syndrome type thing. Yes. And when we started to do some inner exploration, he remembered a time, he was 12 years old, and his father had died. And his uncles came to him and said, you are now the man of the family. Ooh. <laughs> and he had a breakthrough right then because what he did was I'm now the man of the family. And he could just see how ridiculous it was to put that kind of pressure on himself when he was a little kid. So, of course, we have to move on in life and grow up and, you know, get integrated into society. But this little part of him that still felt like an imposter was within. <laughs> Ooh, what a
0: breakthrough! Wow. wow. And I sure, just that little. Bit there will probably resonate with some of our listeners too, I'm quite sure.
1: Yeah, there's another
0: (laughs) story. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I love stories.
1: Yeah. And we, that's why I love it is because I know that there's something within their history, something that, yes, either an experience or uh, an older sibling who was more talkative. And so they just kind of took the back seat. But another one that I thought was just an aha for her is that she grew up in a family where they didn't speak English. Oh. And she remembers going to kindergarten and crying. Wow. She was surrounded by, you know, all these little kids speaking English and she was <laughs> totally lost. And so on one hand, you know, getting to the root of where that pain or that wound is. But on the other hand, it's like they know it. And then, how do they reclaim who they who they are, who they really are underneath? And that's a whole nother discovery.
0: Oh, so very I, powerful.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I do the the uh, the places where they got, you know, where they had to, I might say, orphan a part of themselves and had to move on in life. And then yeah. the part is are they their deepest and i know you relate to this i've heard some of your podcasts <laughs> True. Deep, mental being but the spirit maybe their essence however you want to say it their core strength and then we discovered the
0: cause. oh wow and i've just asked you what you were doing that it's amazing the things we get to discuss when i have my guests on the podcast which brings me you said that you start doing that work because of yourself doing public speaking and having fear. How was your first experience?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a diabetic. And in the early 90s, I got diagnosed. Uh, I was in my doctor's office. And he said, So what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, I'm going to take a trip to England. and He says, No, you're not. You know, you've got to come in and get training to because you're a diabetic. Ooh. And I was I was totally shocked. I thought some of the symptoms I I, I, I seemed to be having was, had to do with, oh, oh, I don't know, just drinking lots of water because that's healthy, right?
0: That's right.
1: <laughs> so I was uh, drinking lots of water, so that meant I was urinating a lot, which meant that's one of the signs. And another one was blurry vision, and I had gone to Los Angeles, and it's supposed to have a lot of smog down there. So I just thought it was smog. and then I had been out camping and I had a sore, a mosquito bite that wasn't healing. So I had all the symptoms and I just didn't even know it had anything to do with diabetes. So I thought, gee, if I'm that way, other people are too. So I went to the American Diabetes Association training and they were giving us all the statistics and training us to be able to go out in public and give speeches and to educate the public about these signs. And obviously I had, I could relate and I had a passion about it, but when we had to give our speech in in front of just the other class, the other people in the class, I didn't come back.
0: Oh, it was, you had too much fear to do it, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah i could learn i could you know pass the exams on what we're supposed to say but actually standing up and speaking and delivering what i had learned i couldn't do so i left and that's that's when i realized i picked psychology because all you have to do is sit with one
0: person <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yeah you're only one person so you don't have to put or expose yourself as much, probably. <laughs> right. You don't have all those eyes on you. <laughs> well, yeah, that must have been a little bit. Uh, well, did you feel frustrated at all at the same time? Because you did follow the training after all. Well, uh, let's see. That's I'm not sure I felt
1: frustrated. I think I just felt ashamed of myself. Oh. And then because I was doing my clinical work, With others, isn't that kind of disingenuous that I'm (laughs) here, I'm hiding, and yet I'm working with people? But I was asked to speak at a conference, and the conference organizer, when I refused because I had a fear of public speaking, looked at me and said, Dr. Hamilton, isn't here your business? And that's when I felt that was a moment, Chantel. That's the moment I think. Okay. Okay. All right. I need to take this journey. Into- it's been
0: put in my face now. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: So that's when I started taking the classes and doing Toastmasters and eventually.
0: Oh, that's a great way to learn and put that fear aside too. And makes me wonder, was the first time you're – very challenging experience, or did you have other ones afterwards? And what did you learn from the different challenges you had with public speaking? Well, let's see, the Toastmaster experience was good
1: because I learned how to craft a speech, yes, and you know, the vocal variety and the chairs, <laughs> and it's a very supportive environment, however my fear i felt was pretty lodged inside very deep you know kind of like what i was talking about earlier about it was at a root that i felt like toastmasters didn't really get to you know i could practice on top of it but i didn't really dissolve the fear so then i found you you might not have heard of that in uh, where you where you are but it's called speaking circles and it's a process where you are surrounded by a group of really gentle listeners who are listening to more of your essence, not your content. That's interesting. Yes. And so that's where I felt like, okay, what's really going on for me is fear. And I want to expose my fear in front of others. How do I do that in a supportive environment? And what they do is give Positive appreciation for a deeper quality, not about your content. So, yeah, I found out, oh, I'm warm. <laughs> I'm you know, a really caring person. I speak from the heart. And so those are the kind of appreciations, the kind of feedback I was getting was all positive because that's what the, the protocol it helps is.
0: It helps building upon, especially when we want to get rid of our fear, I totally get it. And that's a very nice environment to do it from because it's safe. And I gather from what you're uh, telling us that people are probably seeking the same thing. So they wouldn't be giving you harsh feedback because they're there really more to be in a supportive circle instead of trying to just improve uh, performance. Let's call it
1: performance. That's the word, exactly. I would say our, well, I I since have become training director of that organization and have traveled internationally. Oh, good for you. We're up over a dozen times. Japan is on the horizon. And so in being training director of Speaking Circles International, what you just said around the positive, the looking, giving supportive essence, appreciation if people are speaking in a different language, I could still feel their essence. You know? sure. So it's, it's not about content. It's about their ability to be comfortable in their own being and being able to connect. So we call this relational presence, meaning yes. being able to be present with yourself and with your listener, one listener at a time.
0: Oh, that's nice. What came to mind is that it probably helps a lot pe- A lot of people just accepting being authentic and being perfectly imperfect. I say that so many times to my clients. Yes. Just be perfectly imperfect. Nobody is expecting to have a robot in front of them. They expect to have a human being.
1: Right. And if this human being is comfortable with themselves, that's it. <laughs> The people in the audience are quite comfortable, but if you're kind of all tied up and buttoned up and zipped up
0: and looking. uh, It becomes awkward. (laughs) But
1: but there are people, I I don't mean to put that approach down because there are wonderful, you know, entertainers and speakers who do have more of a. uh, more of that kind of approach
0: they do but if they feel very comfortable with themselves Mm -hmm. then that's why the message still goes through so that that's really interesting and i would be interested with all the small challenges that you went through because yeah you had that fear I'm sure you must have a very nice or one of your greatest memories when you took the stage and why was it memorable for you?
1: I would say that oh, there's so many. (laughs) Oh, that's good. There was, there was the time and I did learn something about this and it was based on this work that I was doing around being more comfortable in the moment, in the now. Yeah. And being present. So I was in England doing, I was going to be doing some trainings, only I'd never been speaking to a large audience. There were 200 people. And I was asked to get up and I, I felt my heart going out of my, you know, out my ears. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was uh, very terrifying. But what I did was take my breath Because that's partly what we do is calm, be able to calm ourselves in the most stressful situation possible. Exactly. Find a listener in the audience. That's what I was talking about earlier is being able to speak with just one person and find those warm, bright eyes and have begin to have this conversation with this one person out in the audience And so I did say something about being from California, and I was experiencing waves of fear. So I said that out loud, and I became known at that conference as the California Wave Chick.
0: Oh, (laughs) that's cute and nice. It was. (laughs) It
1: was. But it also taught me exactly what to do when I'm on stage is find a pair of warm eyes and speak only. Because I think that part of the problem, what people think about, is that it's a whole group. It's one one huge group, or it's 100, right. hundred, you know, all those eyes, but you, all you have to do is say hello to one person, and then another person, and then another person.
0: Just think about it as a huge conversation, but yeah, you're allowed to try to connect with individuals in the crowd. Probably helps a lot making ourselves uh, feel more comfortable with it. <laughs> but that's really interesting. And with all the background that you have, I would be curious to know how do you prepare your speech or presentations? Well, I
1: I wrote a book, so I I followed uh, my own. <laughs> <I> follow. <laughs> And the book is called Essentials, Speaking the Seven-Step Guide to Finding Your Real Voice. And since that's my thrust and my passion is helping people connect with who they really are and being able to speak from that place. My first step, and you'll you'll laugh and you'll probably wonder how, no, maybe you won't. You probably won't wonder how, but maybe some of the audience will. The first step is silence.
0: I like
1: it. Yeah. It's be silent. Be comfortable with an inner stillness because that's where your strength is. That's where you're going to find the ability to calm your nerves. <sighs> Breathe down into this luxurious open strength that's quiet inside. Calm down that lizard brain of us. Yes. Yeah. Because people hold their speeches and their scripts in their head. And I think they need to come down into their being. And it's not so much, well, it is about the message, but it's not so much about the message. It's about the messenger, the person delivering it. So I practice my, well, it all comes down to presence and connection. So when I'm preparing and I start, I mean, I think we all do. It's just we're going to be out in public. That's kind of animal, you know, our brain goes a little bit. So whenever right. I, have that, <laughs> I go, be present right here, right now. I'm not on that stage yet. I'm here. So I take my breath, I look around the room, I see a lamp, and I go lamp, 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 ah, water bottle, water bottle, so that I'm bringing myself back to this moment, and I'm training my body how to do that, even in the preparation.
0: Yeah, that's valuable. Trying to calm us down, but the whole body, too. It's making our brains stop doing overtime and giving a chance to our body to adjust and be calmer. That's very interesting.
1: Yeah. they You project yourself into the future. And I think that projection is based on what you think is going to happen or that you're going to be judged. And it's just a lot of negative projection. So then the other thing is if you're going to project <laughs> <laughs> yourself being at ease and calm, and one of the ways you do that is by calming yourself down right now, even as you think about it.
0: Oh, it's true. And sometimes, I guess, a lot of the fear comes in because people think, oh, uh, "What does the audience will think of me?" And they're thinking, overthinking all the negative things, like you were mentioning, that can happen. But the audience never. Is really negative about a potential speaker. They all want the speaker to succeed. They all want to have value out of it, so they'll be kind of cheering on, making sure that the person will be comfortable. So we're just telling ourselves stories, and they make us—they well, make us fear. They make us feel uh, very bad just before going on stage. So that's not a really good. Place to be <laughs> no that's the
1: to me what you just said around projecting onto what the audience might be negative like you know the judgment I think that this practice that I'm helping people learn to listen to each other in a more essential way that even as a speaker what I'm training people to do is to be a listener on stage rather than a speaker. Oh so yes. it's, it I turn the dynamic around totally so it's not so much listening to somebody's body language. It's more of a deeper kind of listening to somebody's essence so that you as a speaker are finding something that you like or something that is good about people in your audience. Because really there are I do work with people who are in challenging situations where they are being judged or where people are deciding whether to buy the product and there is a lot high stakes sometimes so knowing that an audience is supportive is sometimes is is good to think of it that way but I think you need a little bit more how to be in front of an audience that is judgmental
0: and how to
1: turn that around and say hey I'm listening to you, you know I mean here you know I'm,
0: I'm listening, I'm hearing you <laughs> yes, i and I'm not listening
1: to your judgment, I'm listening to what's good inside of you, so that's
0: true because you're right. There are some instances where the presentation per se will be challenging because you're bringing in very bad news or whatever, so you know that, yeah. They might not be as supportive as they would be for another topic. But what I also like about what you just said, it brings to mind what I say a lot, is that take time to read the room. For me, when I tell my clients to read the room, is just take in the vibe. What's going on in that room? Do you have people that seem to have that huge question mark they just did not follow do you have people that yeah you realize they're not on the same wavelength than you they probably don't agree with what you just said but try to address that take a little pause read what's going on in the room so i can relate a lot to what you just said because it's in a similar way different ways to help ourselves be more efficient on stage
1: yeah what you just said is the learning to tune in and be, but in order to really tune into what's happening, you have to be able to be in the moment. <laughs> so it's, a, it's a, that's why it's a practice of being relational, being present, being connected and not being afraid of what you're going to see, especially if you're seeing something that's a little judgmental. It is
0: know. possible <laughs> to always depend on, on the topic. Yes. Yeah. And uh, finally, Doreen, I would be interested to know what would be your one tip that you would share with us that would help empower women to take the stage more confidently?
1: Any kind of self-awareness? <laughs> if there is any kind of, any kind of anxiety, let's, let's look at it. Let's talk about it. Put it out. Write about it. The person that I talked about before, who had the imposter syndrome, it was like talking to the little the little person who who had to take on that responsibility. So it you can do some inner dialogue with the anxiety, and that would be one thing about it is face anxiety if there is and confront it, talk to it, and the way to ease your your uh, anxiety, I think, is to practice mindfulness, which is the presence we've been talking about. Yes. And actually, there's, there's so many, so many things, but I You're think right. <laughs> quieting your well, because that's my specialty is working with people and their nervousness. That would be my main tip. If there's any kind of nervousness, even professional speakers, you know, they'll. Whatever they do, they can always improve in terms of being present and with the room like you talked about.
0: Yes. Oh, that's a really important. And I really appreciate how it will help women try to dig a little bit deeper in themselves and try to find what exactly makes them fear being in front of a, a group or a big audience. It can be a small group, big audience, whatever, but it's probably always the same type of experience that triggers that fear.
1: Yeah. I was thinking that the, I'm thinking about not only those who are anxious, but those who are professionally speaking, I work with them too, because sometimes it feels like it's just a can up there, you know, a canned speech as
0: opposed <laughs> yeah. to a
1: real human. And so that, how do you, how do you, and I think that it is about becoming a listener and becoming more engaged, and how you do that is finding people one at a time in the audience and just really.
0: Oh, boy, do I agree with you. That makes a whole lot of sense. Putting the human back as yes. a speaker, especially with the experienced ones that probably have done it so many times that they stripped out that human part of it. Very wise tip. Essential being, essential speaking. Yes. Oh, what a great conversation we had. I so thank you for sharing all these tips with uh, the listeners. And of course, I'll be sharing with the podcast player links so people can follow you, learn more about what you do, learn about your seven step process too. So that will be very interesting. So that again, Doreen, I thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being with me.
1: Yes. Isn't it great that we, I'm in the San Francisco Bay area and you're across the world and we get to have this kind of conversation and connect with each other. This is
0: wonderful. I and love share that. value. So that's really yeah. important. Yes. Very important. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the show please tell us what you think by commenting and even share with your own networks to inspire and empower others to do public speaking.